0: Miguel Maltos Gonzalez coming back to you on Firme the personal podcast on being brown in a white town or just simply being brown you know we I had talked about colorism and how that affects family generation and generation in a previous podcast and in this episode it's kind of like the part two so I think I'm just going to add it to Regardless, some of the things that are happening right now for people of color—it's—it's it's just plain unbelievable. There was a black man that was pinned by the neck by a white policeman in public, and he later died. words on signs and they sat there stood there made their presence full identity you know you see me I'm a human see me I'm a person I'm not just a label I'm not a, a, a tag an identity I'm a person I'm a human being I am somebody somebody's son, somebody's daughter, somebody's mother, somebody's father, I am somebody. And this man that that died, well, he he was somebody. And many people, I mean, they came together to make their statement in such a, a manner that perhaps you know there was some things that got out of control. It did become a march. But it's not like they went into a space armed with weapons. Wearing body armor. Covering their faces to conceal their identity. They didn't do that. But they were treated like that they were treated as if they were terrorizing. However, a few weeks ago, Yeah, that's what they were doing. They were making a, a statement to stand up for their rights. armed with words, they were treated like terrorists. Yeah, I mean, I, it just doesn't make sense on where, where is the equity in community here? You know, I just, even before that, here in Spokane, there was a rally uh, here in front of the mayor's office where sure enough, They had a PA system. They organized together with signs. And they were shouting and chanting. And there were guys with body armor walking around, you know, Mr. Tough Guy style. And they were demanding. Not saying that, you know, this is what we would like to have creating awareness, no, they were demanding that the state be open, and that they go to work, and, I mean, they were very, very angry about it, and all this, I see, wow, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like these people, they've never had to be second. They've never, ha- they've never been told, you can't have. They've never been told, you're not allowed to. It would seem that they've never been told, you can't eat here. You can't drink from that water fountain. Get to the back of the bus. Stop speaking your language. seems like they've never been told that, they've never experienced that kind of, of prejudice. But, nevertheless, they come in demanding and, and wanting and, and hooping and hollering that their civil rights are being violated. Oh, well what about that guy, you know, with the knee on his neck? What about the people that skin. That's why colorism, that's why biculturalism, and that is why not just identifying it, but celebrating it, is what I put into my artwork. I take a person that is biracial, bicultural, a person of color, And they truly are people of color in my artwork. there, they're, they're there If there's no one there, well they're not there especially on film which is why I photograph with film because film only records truth it only records what's actually happening what's actually there digital, ah you can fudge with it, you know and of course you, you scan things in you put things into photoshop as people like you can make all sorts of wild stuff so you you can do a lot but that's not what I do in my art no I photograph film and I keep that image as real as possible and I photograph so that I can capture the world as it actually is as it's made available to everybody everybody has the same hair to breathe here in Spokane everybody has the same temperature that they're exposed to when it's raining outside everybody is exposed to the same water drops you know it doesn't it doesn't rain more on people of color than it does on white people no it's it's all the same natural environment and that's what I capture on film I capture that that environment as it is and then I take that old technology that analog technology if you will and I scan that in to bring it into a computer not to change colors not to manipulate it but just to bring it into another phase to take it and have it become immersed World that it wasn't born in that's right it's now like that of an immigrant yeah so that immigrant image that image that's not originally from that state is now it's digital it's in a totally different world it's not the same thing the ones and zeros color spectrum it's different yeah it's now got pixels, it's not rain anymore. It's now in a different world. And in that world is where I draw my subject. Quite literally, that person of color is drawn in color. They are drawn in a color that's most accurate to their skin tone in a simple manner. doesn't have to be lifelike and realistic. It's not abstract and kind of uh, sort of resembling that person in a way if you look at it and squint, stick out your tongue sideways. No, it's a very simple representation of that person. So taking this medium from film and grain and chemicals to digital pixels, Now adding adding illustration, adding a drawing to it. It's now become two separate works of art. You have a photograph that can stand alone by itself. You have a drawing that can stand alone by itself. But I put them together because to me, in my mind, that is a bicultural art. That is where you take something and bring it into a world it wasn't born in. It has to be born in it, but it was. It was put there. And now, that concept of biculturalism is in a piece of artwork. And that is what I make. That is what I do. Bicultural art. People that haven't gained that understanding yet, they call it mixed media. And by definition, you know, perhaps it is a form of a mixed media but again, that's just a label, that's just a term made up by other artists, yeah, mixed media. Let's look at those two words, mixed media. What's mixed? Well, people are mixed too. Mixed with Mexican and American heritage, having African roots, but never touched the soil of Africa. People that are Pacific Islanders. They could have been born on the East Coast. It's it's not the the same thing, you know, it's it's a mixed media, yeah. It's not the same as, as having a a canvas and, and putting oil to it and painting and creating your, your work. But it's it's own unique. It mixed media. I I don't see that. I don't feel that because of who I am and what I am as a Chicano artist. To me, it's a bicultural medium. It's just like me. I have Mexican heritage. I have American heritage. People ask me, you know, what I identify as. I tell them Chicano. It's what I grew up as. It's what I am. Is that what my children are? I don't know. Probably. Probably not. Because they're growing up in a different generation. They're growing up in a different world. In a digital world. You know, they've had this digital influence far longer than than I have. They've had it their whole lives. <laughs> they were born into it. You know, my, my son, when he was born... I used to take pictures of him or record video of him just doing things. I mean, there was one time he was just a few years old, eating some tortilla chips from a bag, and he, after I took the picture, he understood what it was. He understood that I had a digital camera in my hand. He understood that when I pointed it and it made a sound, he understood that it recorded him somehow it documented him that he waited and he would say cheese i'd take the picture and then he'd say "Mm see mm see and i'd show him the picture he understood that concept he could barely even speak you know he was just a couple years old if at that you know he he couldn't manipulate anything with his hands he's just he's learning how to walk you know he's barely even two at that time now that i think about it just learning how to speak learning how to to be a little person but he understood the concept of what that camera was and it was amazing i loved it and it just makes me think wow could i have understood that at that age i don't know i'll never know yeah when I was a child, and my dad taught me about photography, you know, I was probably about eight years old when I really started to pay attention to it. About nine years old when he, he took me into the darkroom to show me how to do things. And, you know, I I think about this. And to me, you know, I didn't see the science. It was like magic. That's what captivated me. That's... One of the things I love about film photography, when you're photographing with a digital camera, you can just press the shutter button and it just takes images, it just grabs data left and right, you know? And it's thinking so fast. It's it's compensating for exposure, it's compensating for focus. The camera even knows whether it's level or not. Cameras nowadays can have, like, multiple access to know whether it's level or not. And it embeds that data in the file, which you later bring back in the software, and that's how you can correct a perspective of an image. All that is done in, in, you know, a fraction of a second, in one one-thousandth of a second, okay? Even faster. One four thousandths of a second. All that is calculated with a film camera. It's calculated in your mind. It's calculated with how you see the image. When I photograph, I use an old Leica M4 rangefinder camera. It was built before light meters were put in cameras. It doesn't even have that technology to, to gauge the exposure, to have a reference point. That is when photographers knew how to read the sun, they knew how to read the light, and they learned how to create an exposure, and they came up with little rules rules of thumb you know just kind of like there was a rule that I'll never forget it's it's very popular at you know for film photographers and it's called the sunny 16 rule sunny 16 yeah and those of you that are digital photographers you may have heard that phrase too i'm sure you have at some point many photographers know that Sixteen. What you do is you set your lens aperture to sixteen, and your shutter speed goes above your focal length. And what you do, actually, your 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 shutter speed goes um, to your, your above your focal length, but it goes near your 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 film speed. So, what you do is you go ahead and you set that and you literally frame and shoot, frame and shoot. And film has such a latitude to it, depending upon the film, that you can you can fine-tune that in the dark room You can print it longer, you can print it less time, but that's that's what you do. Sunny 16 rule is overcast 8 Cast 8, and F8 and be there, as my dad would say to me. F8 and be there. <laughs> Hyperfocal distance, where you have an aperture, say of F8, in your lens can focus anywhere between 20 to feet away from you to infinity, or in a specific bracket. Of maybe five to ten feet. Just depends on the focal length. And you can just frame and shoot. I used to shoot a lot of events and film back before digital was popular. And that's exactly what I'd do. I'd set it to F8. I'd put my super, my 21 millimeter super angle on my 21mm super angular on my Leica R8. And I'd pop the flash on there and I'd photograph my event, I'd never have to touch the exposure. I'd set it to 1-250th F8, and I would focus from three and a half feet to infinity. And I would run around all over the event, just frame frame and shoot, frame and shoot, frame and shoot, frame and shoot. And everything turned out wonderful. It was great. There's so much simplicity. In a film camera, that it's just that's the love I have, and that's how I wish to to capture my work. Do I have a digital camera? Yeah, I do. I use it these days for commercial applications. I photograph for customers, for clients, and a lot of that work, I mean it goes online anyway, it's gonna be printed. So you might as well go straight to digital. But for my artwork my bicultural work for that Mm. I reserve film because that truly conveys my message and that coincides with my statement of biculturalism in artwork so yeah this is just something really brief to add and Again, I want to thank all of you for, for listening in. I appreciate it. I have more to share on bicultural work and colorism that I'll be bringing that to you again soon. Until then, shoot me a voice message on Anchor, on the link on my Instagram. My Instagram link is @ltnxartes and uh, leave me a message however you wish it's fine and uh, yeah again just thanks for, for listening and I'll be sharing more with you bueno